Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Joel, chapter number 2. Joel, or some people pronounce it Joel. Take take your pick. Amen. Book of Joel, chapter number 2, verse number 13. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is great, he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil praise God I want to preach on the subject give God a reason to change his mind amen folks we need this more than ever give God a reason to change his mind you may be seated praise God Now, God has no choice but to judge sin and those that commit it. His righteousness and His holiness demand that wickedness and evil be dealt with accordingly. He has bound Himself to His Word, which means He will keep His Word no matter what when it comes to these things. However, at the same time, God's greatest motivator is his everlasting love so in other words if God has a choice he would rather choose to give mercy in the situation or to that person than judgment but sadly many times he doesn't have a choice because people don't give him any other choice Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30 said God speaking, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. He didn't find anybody to get between him and the land and say, Lord, don't do it. The next verse said, therefore, have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. So God is looking for people to stand in the gap, make up the hedge, and intercede for the land and for the people of the land. He's looking for somebody that will stand there and ask God to think about it. He's asking for someone to stand there, amen, and reason with the Lord and talk him out of it. Praise God. That's powerful. Amen. He wants someone that knows him well enough to tell him about it. He wants somebody to give him a reason to change his mind so he doesn't have to pour out his judgment on the situation because he'd rather choose mercy. He'd rather let the love, amen, overwhelm the situation. Now that's somebody that he's looking for, amen, that he was seeking for in that verse we just talked about, 
that person can't be a judgmental person because most of the time they're not going to even dare to get between the situation. They're going to step aside and, 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 and egg God on. Amen. That person can't be judgmental, the one that's got to stand. The Bible tells us to judge not lest we be judged. Not even God himself right now is sitting on the judgment seat. Did you know that? Amen. The judgment seat of God doesn't happen until later on. Right now, God is still sitting on the mercy seat. Amen. God is still sitting on the throne of grace. Amen. And he's giving grace to everybody. Praise God. So the one that stands in the gap must be a person of merciful heart and a heart full of grace. Amen. Praise God. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And we should also choose to be merciful instead of judgmental, because mercy is much greater than judgment. Amen. It's easy to be a judge. It's easy to be negative. It's easy to be doubtful. Amen. It's much harder to give mercy. It's much harder. Amen. Hallelujah. To give to give person the benefit of the doubt. Praise God. The book about and James says in chapter two, verse thirteen, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know about you, but if I didn't have mercy, I wouldn't be standing here preaching to you this morning. Praise God. If someone didn't give me mercy, if someone didn't uh, get and ask God in my behalf, I know for with a shadow of doubt, there was many people that stood in the gap amen, between me and God and said, no, God, give him some more time. Deal with his heart. Because I blew God off so many times. Amen. He had every right, praise God, to say, hit the road, Jack. But you know what? Somebody appealed to God's mercy and God kept on dealing with my heart until I gave it to him. God would much rather show mercy than execute judgment. What is mercy? It's not getting what you do deserve. You know, when people go to court, they fall on the mercy of the court or the judge. They, they say, well, this is my first offense and I'm really sorry or whatever. And I'll tell you, amen, when, it, when your attitude before God has everything to do with how you're going to get what you're going to get from God as far as mercy goes. Amen. When you come before God with humility, when you come before God, amen, confessing your sins and saying, yeah, God, I need you, amen, then God is much more apt to extend, amen, the scepter of mercy to you, amen, God delights in showing mercy, so the person that stands between God and other people has to be a, a person full of mercy in their heart. The mercy in their heart causes them to go and to stand in that gap between God and them. Amen. And they appeal, amen, to his mercy so he won't pronounce judgment on them or their situation. You know, I remember Moses in the book of Exodus. 
He's, he's up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights getting the Ten Commandments. And while he's up there, the people are going nuts. They're having Aaron make golden calves, amen, to worship. And they said, forget this, Moses. We don't know nothing about him. He's gone for 40 days. Let's just start going with a new program. I mean, it was terrible. And here Moses comes down and on his way down the mountain. And God said, you better get down there right now. I am really upset with them. Amen. In verse number 9 of Exodus 30. God said, and the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt, with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people remember Abraham Isaac and Israel thy servants to whom thou swearest by thine own self and saidest unto them I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and at all the land that I have spoken of I will give unto your seed and they shall inherit it forever and the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Amen. So Moses comes down the mountain and God said, I am upset with this people. He told him what happened and he just said, he, go, he knew what Moses, he knew the heart of Moses. So he said, that's why he said, Moses, zip your lip, let me alone, let my anger grow against this people because I am so mad. You just step off to the side. Amen. I'm going to wipe them out and I'm going to make a great nation out of you. Now a person that was judgmental, a person, amen, that was full of pride and ego, they would have said, man, that sounds good. I can be my own nation. Now go ahead, God. I'll just step over here until it's all over. And then let's see what the program's going to be. But no, the heart, amen, of Moses was a heart of mercy. Praise God. And he said, no, Lord, not only am I not going to move, I'm not going to shut up. You can't do this. You brought him out all the way, amen, out of Egypt. Amen. To, not to slay him, but to save him. So he appealed to God. He even used the promises of God. You said you're going to make a great nation. Amen. They're going to be as numerous as the stars of heaven and the sands of the sea. How can that be if you wipe them out? Amen. So Moses used God's promises as part of his reasoning to talk God out of judging his people. And what we don't read in this passage is what Moses actually did as he, as he said these things to God. We just hear him talking. Amen. But Psalms 106, you have to wait till you get to Psalms 106 to find out what he was actually doing. The Bible said, so he declared he would destroy them. That's God. But Moses, his chosen one, stepped between the Lord and the people. He begged him to turn from his anger and not destroy them. He stepped between. Amen. And when he did that, an amazing thing happened. The Lord repented of the evil. Amen. Praise God. In other words, the Lord changed his mind. Praise God. The Lord changed his mind. Praise God. Amen. That is powerful. Moses changed God's mind regarding the judgment of the people. 
Praise the Lord. Folks, we can do that. Well, I'm not Moses. I know you're not, but we can do that. I'm going to tell you how in a second. Praise God. Now, Jonah, he came to the situation. We know the whole story. But when he finally went through all that sidetrack and detours and everything, when he ran from God, when he finally got to Nineveh to do what he was supposed to do, he preached a very short sermon, and it had no remedy in it. It had no hope in it. Amen. Jonah 3, verse 4 this is what the sermon was. Jonah began to enter in the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That was the sermon. And then he, he left, went to the outskirts of the city, and was waiting for the judgment. Amen. But the king of Nineveh, now Nineveh was not the people of God. They were a heathen nation. They worshipped idols. Praise God. But the king of Nineveh, when he heard that short message, you got 40 days and then the judgment. The Bible said, he, he said to the, everybody, who can tell? And, and what they did was they got everybody fasting. All the way from the, from the adults to the kids, even to all the animals. Nobody was eating. They were humbling themselves. They were fasting. And the king said, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works. And they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. Amen. Ooh, that's powerful. That was a quick sermon. 40 days and it's over. Amen. Bye. And then he was out. And for a sermon to be effective, you got to believe it. And then for it to be effective, you got to practice it. And man, that king, he didn't say, ah, another priest, because they had killed prophets before in Nineveh. They, they, they did a lot of terrible things to prophets. But this time they knew there was something different. And that king not only believed it, but he acted upon it. And the nation acted upon it. And that, you know what that happened? That bought them 150 years before they were actually destroyed. I'm telling you, they weren't even the people of God. Amen. But God will be able to listen to what you have to say. Amen. When you come to Him, when you stand in the gap, when you see a situation that might seem hopeless or a person or a relationship or whatever, and you see it's going on, amen, don't just say, oh, well, I guess nothing we can do. Oh, well, I guess I'm just going to wait on the sidelines and just see that thing all crumble down. Oh, no. Amen. Why don't you try going to God? Why don't you try standing in the gap? Why don't you try talking to God? Why don't you try reasoning with God? Amen. The fear of God coupled with humility and repentance from those people caused God not to destroy that city. And then, you know, Jonah had a bad attitude. Sometimes the people of God have the bad attitude. Not the heathen. The heathens, they, they, they listened to it. They did what they had to do. And God spared them. And then Jonah was mad because... You know, and, and that's why he even said, he goes, now, God, I'm mad because I knew that when I would preach that and if they did that, that you would do that. Hmm. And he wanted to take his, you know, ball and go home or whatever. Because he was waiting on the sidelines 
waiting for the fireworks show, like another Sodom and Gomorrah thing. Amen. But I'm telling you, God will respond when the hearts of people humble themselves. But you know what? He needs sometimes somebody to talk them through it. Someone to reason with them. Someone to remind them about what he said in the past. Amen. After Jonah saw all this, in chapter 4, verse 2, he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. You see, that sounds a lot like our text verse in Joel. Turn unto the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth Him of the evil. That word repenteth Him of the evil, another version says, translates it this way, He is eager to relent and not punish. God is eager. He wants love to be the motor. He, he, but he has that judgment side that has to be appeased too. Amen. So he needs someone to give him a reason to change his mind. To relent. He's eager to relent and not punish. Relent is to back off and step away. He wants someone just to talk him out of it. So he can back off and step away. Amen. He, this is not the time, folks. For us to be silent as the people of God. This is not the time for us to say, oh, well, I guess there's nothing we can do. Amen. This is a time for us, amen, to go to God like never before. This is time for us to be people of prayer like never before. Amen. So then we, we find Abraham... When God and two angels came disguised as human beings to him and he fed them and, you know, lodged them and did everything that, you know, they do back in those times and very hospitable and courteous. Amen. And God said, well, I'm not going to hide for what I'm going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah before because my Abraham's my friend. He called him the friend of God. And so he told Abraham what, what he was about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, Abraham knew that his nephew Lot and his wife and daughters lived there. and Maybe some other people lived there that were good people. He knew they were wicked cities. And, and uh, as soon as he heard that, he started talking to God and trying to reason with God. Abraham, in Genesis 18, 23, Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the, destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there would be 50. In other words, if, if by chance there would be 50 righteous within the city, wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 that are righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee shall not the judge of all the earth do right. You know, God, come on now. I know you're a good guy. You're a great God. and You won't judge the righteous with the wicked. And, you know, he's trying to reason with God. Talk God out of it. And he was so effective that, that the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare it for their sakes. Woo! But sadly, uh, Abraham kind of started too high because he knew those cities and he knew there wasn't that many in there. Amen. 
And then Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon thee to speak to the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Amen. And then he begins to go down. 45. Would you spare it for 45? Yeah. 40, 30, 20, 10. And the last verse here, he said in verse 32, and he said, Oh, Lord, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak yet but this once, one more time. If by chance you find 10 righteous well, there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 10's sake. And then the Bible said, Abraham, stop talking. Stop standing in the gap. But notice the couple things that Abraham said in that passage. He said, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Who am I? Oh, my goodness. Like He realized, like, I'm just a man. I'm, tra- I'm talking to the Almighty Creator. And he said, who am but dust and ashes? Who am I? And then the next thing he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. And let me speak just once more. And that's when he said the ten. But I believe Abraham he could have kept going and possibly what would have happened if he would have said, would you spare it just for my nephew's sake, Lot? What would God have said? We don't know because he stopped. And folks, we can't stop our prayers. We got to keep praying. Amen. We got to keep going. We can't be tired standing in the gap. He didn't think, you know, that he was worthy enough to go all the way. And as a result, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. But I believe because of what he did, God made sure that Lot and his family were out of the city limits before all the destruction happened. Amen. So there was uh, something that happened good of him standing in the gap. Amen. But he didn't think he was worthy to ask God for greater things. And can I tell you something this morning? As blood-bought blood-washed, spirit-filled children of God. We have more influence with God than we think we have. We have more pull with God than we think we have. Here we are thinking, who am I? Amen. We so we too often are our own worst enemy when it comes to being an intercessor. Amen. Oh, I, I feel the condemnation or I, I feel the doubt or the who am I attitude. Take hold of my heart. Who am I to stand in the gap? You know, and who am I to make up the hedge? I'm just one in seven billion. I'm just one little person or whatever. Amen. And, and, and our minds and the enemy of our soul in this world will try to belittle and try to make us feel feel like we don't have any authority or any right or any privilege to go to God and say these things but I'm telling you you have more influence with God than you think you have you just go you just stand you just have faith and God amen he will change his mind not every time but if you don't ask you don't get amen so you gotta at least ask him The worst thing you can say is no, but at least you tried. At least you can be at peace. Amen. Sometimes we feel so inadequate and like, oh, you know, because nobody's perfect. Amen. If church was only for perfect people, we'd have to just, let's close it up. Let's turn this into a. Gas station or something, I don't know, whatever. Amen, another liquor store. Compete with that guy down there. If it's just for perfect people. But we're here. Amen. 
because not because we're perfect and not because we're worthy, but because he loved us. And we're made righteous by his blood and his name and his word and his spirit. And we're walking with him and we're trying to be obedient to him. Amen. And we're his children. And he looks to us. Amen. He set this church up. He set this thing up so that we would intervene. That we would ask him to intervene. That we would be the intercessor that between the, the world, amen, and him or between that land and him or between that person and him he wants us to go and do it. Amen. Give God a reason. I just don't know. I just don't feel like you know, I'm qualified. You know, I, you know, I had those thoughts, you know, last week, or I said something I shouldn't have said, and I was mean to that person, or I did something, or whatever. Amen. Yeah, we all do that. That's what we, the blood of Jesus is for, for us to ask Him to forgive us and move on and learn from it. Praise God. But I want to read to you a verse that will encourage you. Amen. Luke chapter 7, verse 28. Jesus said, For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Amen. And so that is a tall statement in the beginning. Among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Amen. That is a big statement because Samuel was a great prophet. Amen. Elijah was a great prophet. Elisha was a great prophet. Amen. All of the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Zechariah and Zephaniah and Haggai and, and, and Malachi and all those guys. They were great prophets. But John was the greatest of them all, the Bible said. And then he said, but he or she that is in the kingdom of God, which is the church, is greater than John the Baptist, who is the greatest of all the prophets. Let me tell you, that ought to encourage your heart. That means the least the person that thinks they're the least in the kingdom. The person that thinks, ah, who am I? You're greater than John. That means you ought to get your faith up and stand in the gap and start praying to God. Start asking God. Amen. Prayer changes God's mind. Let's all stand. Prayer changes God's mind about the people. And about things. And every child of God needs a purpose in their hearts to be an intercessor. We must be concerned enough to go to God and intercede for our world, for our country, and for people in need to change their ways. See, to intercede is to intervene between parties with a view of reconciling differences. And I'm encouraging every one of us not to give up on people, not to give up on situations. Amen. And when you think it's too late, try to stand in the gap and reason with the Lord about it. Come boldly before the Lord and make your case to Him in Jesus' name. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, Jesus, He was God manifest in human form. And God saw that no matter what he sent, who he sent and what he did, it wasn't good enough to save mankind. 
Isaiah 59, 16, God, God saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. Praise God. He became a man. God became the greatest intercessor when he interceded between himself Amen. The Almighty God and humankind. 1 Timothy 2.5 captures this. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. He went to the cross and hung between this place and that place. And he paid the price so that God, instead of judging us, he would give us mercy. He would give us salvation. Praise God. We could be born again. And this allowed His mercy to be poured out, His church to be born, and grace to be made abundantly available to anybody who would ask Him. Whosoever will, let him drink of the water of life freely, the Bible said. Not everybody wants it. And that's sad because they're not giving God a choice when it comes to the end. But those who want it, and those of us who got it, and we see our loved ones or our friends or other people, and we want them to have it, and maybe they need a little bit of help, we need to stand in the gap between them and God and talk to God and say, God, don't judge. Please give them some more time. Open their hearts and minds so they'll receive your word. Praise God. Let's talk to the Lord right now. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God wants every person to be saved, to be born again of water and spirit. All you got to do is repent of your sins and mean it from your heart. Be baptized in in water by immersion in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this promise is for everybody. No one's exempted. Anybody can have it. And this is the way that we can get God's mercy. This is the way that we can escape God's judgment. This is the way that we send our sins ahead to judgment. Amen. And not allow them to follow us to the throne of judgment later on. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord. 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 Amen. I'm praying for each and every one of us and everybody that's watching that you would be an intercessor, that you would have mercy and grace and you would... Stand in the gap for people. Stand in the gap. Stand in the gap for people. Amen. And for situations. Stand in the gap for our country. Stand in the gap for this situation with this virus. Stand in the gap. Stand in the gap. You never know how it will change God's mind and how He will alter what He's going to do. Praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.